The Big Rab Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice with bands such as Simon Fraser University, Inverarian District, and many, many more playing G1 products. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. <laughs> Do you know something? For this last, how long is that? 20 minutes now, I've been sitting here staring at my recorder that has a little red blinky light on it whenever you switch the thing on, and you can check your levels and all that sort of business, and then it has a message on the screen that says, waiting to record, waiting to record. And um, I really didn't know how to tackle this week's podcast, guys, to be brutally honest. Um, because of the news that dropped this week, yeah, it's I just don't know how to go about recording a podcast. And I've been sitting here staring at this little machine now for 20 minutes, and now the numbers on the screen are moving and I'm talking. Very weird. Um, I'm sure we're going to get through it. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, we'll, we'll chat about it in Topic of the Week, of course. But I figured we'll have to kind of commence this week's podcast with Topic of the Week as well. Um, because it is such a massive news story. Now, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys living internationally right now in Australia, New Zealand, America, Canada. You guys really, I'm, I'm sure you may well have seen the news uh, prob- probably not, possibly not, I, I, I don't know, I'm stuttering now. On Sunday, March 8th, we lost a bagpiping legend here in Northern Ireland. Mr. Frank Andrews passed away. And the bagpiping world here, especially in Northern Ireland, has really taken a back step. And it seems to be for the first time in my living memory... That it's the first time here the bagpiping world in Northern Ireland has actually hit pause. It's the best way I can describe it. Normally, it's constant conversation about competitions, judging, tune selection, all the usual stuff that we normally talk about each and every day. But number one, top of the list that everyone has been talking about since the news drop was... The tragic loss of a piping legend, Mr. Frank Andrews. Now, I know you guys might be thinking I'm being melodramatic here, um, but trust me, I'm not. The the kind of the gravity of this loss is really kind of felt throughout Northern Ireland and has felt kind of worldwide as well. We're going to talk about why Mr. Frank Andrews is such an important figure in the bagpiping world, and why he will be sorely missed, and we'll talk all about that in Topic of the Week. But just by way of an introduction, just to let you guys know that this week's podcast will be slightly different from previous podcasts where 
I might be swinging off lampshades full of excitement, full of caffeine, and <laughs> all sorts of excited for this incoming season. This has been a very somber week here on The Rab Show. It's been a very somber week in the bagpiping world. It's This is a first for me. I have went through the loss of Gordon Duncan, and I remember that at that time being something truly shocking and uh, you know, had gravity to it. And this is up there. This is equal with that, in my own opinion. So you guys could possibly disagree, of course, but we'll talk about it in Topic of the Week. So, yes, this week's podcast may well be a shortened version because, honestly, there isn't that much in the way of bagpiping news that does not refer to the recent loss. So, yeah, we're going to cover that in this week's Topic of the Week. Now... For those of you who are interested, uh, yeah, you guys have been emailing in quite a lot on a lot of different ranges of different topics. Some of you interested in the Big Rab Show tune competition and how that's going and various different questions following the interview with my wife and everything, which has been all sorts of interesting. A lot of emails are still flying in. And if anything, we hope to bring that in a uh, future uh, kind of a listener meal episode. We do them every now and again just to get caught up with emails and stuff. So we will do that. On this week's uh, episode, however, uh, most of the listener mail that we have received this week uh, has been all about Frank and the tragic loss. And that's where we're going to focus this week. So if you've tuned into the Rab Show this week and expected all sorts of fun and laughter and joyfulness, then apologies. Yeah, this may well be a bit of a somber episode for you. So if it's not for you then you can skip over all the piping news and all that if you don't want to get it and all of that, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, but it is what it is, folks. Do you know what I mean? Um, it is quite a dark time to be involved in piping uh, here in Northern Ireland specifically. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I guess we'll come through it, you know, as always, but clearly everyone is still very much in the grieving process and um, we'll get through it. You know, that's that's what we do. So, right, let's get into some actual show stuff, shall we? Believe it or not, on Saturday, I had a whole podcast almost prepared. I was actually proud of myself. Saturday night, I had my script written. Let's see, look, do visual things on the radio, get my keys out of the way. I have a script written in this little book right here in front of me. And I had all my points that I wanted to hit. I wanted to talk about all this kind of stuff that's coming up. This next week and all what to be excited about kind of thing. And then the news dropped on Sunday and the book just got thrown in the corner. And that's the truth. (laughs) So, um, this is going to be a very weird podcast to do. Last night's night's show on Fuse FM, uh, we've done a special tribute show uh, to the late Frank Andrews and... It was a tough, tough show, to be honest. The outpouring of grief, I think, from most people in the piping world who knew Frank and knew him very well and had personal contact with him, personal involvement with him as well. It's just the sheer volume of messages coming from folk around Northern Ireland. Clearly, this has had a huge impact in the piping world here. So we'll talk more about that in Topic of the Week. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll need to get into some actual piping news. So this week, sorry folks, there's no listener mail. Uh, for those of you who have emailed in, though your email has not been ignored, it will be making a future episode of the podcast. So yeah, just to keep that in mind. Okay, 
Let's get into some actual bagpiping news this week. Um, I wanted to remind you of some concerts that are coming up, as always. McDonald Memorial Pipe Band are holding a fundraising concert Saturday, 21st of March in Dromore High School. And of course, yours truly, me, I'll be doing compare at the event. So I'll be on stage introducing all the acts and have, hopefully having a bit of crack in between bands. It'll be all sorts of fun. We also have McDonald Memorial themselves will be on stage along with their Academy Pipe Band. So that'll be all sorts of interesting. We also have our current Grade 2 World Drum Corps champions, Ravara, will be upstage there doing their drum corps extraordinaire fanfare thing uh, so they'll be on there uh, we'll also have Skeog Flute Band Leganini Accordion Band and we'll have the Catherine Stewart School of Highland Dancing they'll be there so that's all in Dromore High School on the 21st of March the next concert I think I might have mentioned it at least half a dozen times Klaus Kelt 2020 Vision as far as I'm aware tickets are still available uh, you can go now Marketplace Theatre Box Office I don't need to tell you the lineup again simple to say we have the hosts themselves, Klaus Kelt, plus the mighty Field Marshal, St Mary's Derry, Trasna, Tully Lagan, Ocheran, Grantia, some drum majors and a Highland dancing display. So, yes, go and get your tickets. That's all I really want to say on that because I think I've, <laughs> I've thumped that one to death. You guys know you should get tickets for it. Also, don't forget Inferarian District are going to be part of the big pre-Worlds concert this year, A Night in That Land. That will be in the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall on the 12th of August. You need to grab tickets for it now because I think there's almost upwards of 70% of the tickets are now gone. Mm, which is kind of unheard of for an event like this to sell out as quick. So, yeah, rest assured these tickets will go. So go to the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall box office now and grab your tickets and avoid disappointment. Also, another concert that I am comparing at and I will be on stage will be Tully Lagan. Tully Lagan's throwing a bit of a World Championship celebration concert and this will be held in the Royal Hotel in Cookstown. Of course, features myself, but we'll also have Klaus Kelts. It'll have the Armagh School of Drum Majors. We have the Crimson Star Accordion Band, Derry Lauren Flute Band, and Cookstown Fife and Drum, Tamla Moore Silver Band, and of course, the hosts themselves, Tully Lagan Pipe Band. So that's going to be a night full of music and all sorts of fun. Tickets are a tenner and can be purchased at eventbrite.co.uk. I think as well you can also purchase tickets at the door. So that's 27th of March in the Royal Hotel in Cookstown. There you go. Okay, Mid-Argyle Pipe Band. Mid-Argyle Pipe Band have actually put out a bit of an announcement there just yesterday when I'm recording this that they have accepted the resignation of their pipe major, Craig Lang. Now, this kind of caught everyone by surprise and thought, what? Mid-Argyle is losing their pipe major this close to the season? Oof. So, yes, the band have wished Craig all the very best, and they're now welcoming their new pipe major, Mr. Stephen Clark, or, as everyone knows him, Fozzie. So, yeah, <laughs> all sorts of interested to see Fozzie take up the pipe major role, and, yeah, looking forward to seeing what Mid-Argyle guys are going to be bringing into the 2020 season. The very best of luck to you. Uh, yeah, losing a pipe major at this point in the game? Hmm... Yeah, this is March and the season kicks off in a couple of months. So a new PM can make a big change there at Mid-Argyle. So I'll be very interested to see how things go. Uh, so, yeah, good luck to Stephen Clark and the rest of the guys. Yeah, interested to see how your season goes. Okay, on to, uh, when we're talking about leadership changes, another one has happened at Port Leitham and District. The band are delighted to welcome 
Rory Duncan into the position of lead tipper. There you go. So Rory, of course, was with the Vale in 2016, 17 and 18. And uh, yeah, he enjoyed all sorts of seasons under Mick O'Neill and all of that. So he's been around the piping game for quite a while. And here he is now taking up the leadership role at Port Leithen. So we want to wish him the very best of luck. And also the band wish a fond farewell to their outgoing lead tipper, Scott Black. So he's been there for the past three seasons, actually. So good luck to Rory Duncan, taking up the new lead tipper there at Port Leithen. We want to wish you the best of luck, mate. On to Livingston Caledonian Pipe Band. Yo, go on to Livingston. They have made a very special announcement that they have actually managed to secure a new permanent sponsor. And this is Egdon Murray Europe Limited. Now, I know very little about the company, to be honest. But, hey, any company that would sponsor a pipe band, in my opinion, is a good one. So, thank you to Egdon Murray. And, yeah, congratulations to Livingston Caledonia. Sponsorships go a long way with helping support bands. And, uh, yeah, congratulations on your new sponsor. There you go. So, with new leadership changes and with sponsorships and all of that sort of stuff, possibly one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk to you about tonight on the Big Rap Show podcast is the New Zealand Nationals. Yes, the Kiwis are coming out in force this incoming weekend and us living internationally are not going to dip out. Thank goodness. I think we spoke about this on last week's podcast that uh, normally the national championships are live streamed and this year is no different at the New Zealand Nationals thanks to the team at Brass Band. Now that's spelt B-R-A-S-S-B-A-N-N-E-D. So yeah, you can go onto their website and I think here in the UK it's Thursday night and then Friday night I think. Um, But the competition in New Zealand itself is held Friday 13th, Saturday 14th. Um, So because of the time difference and everything, it actually happens the night before for us here in the UK. Very strange. Uh, So, yeah, we can tune in on BrassBand.com and we can catch all the action at the New Zealand Nationals. Now, of course, on Friday, we have Grade 4B, 4A, 3B, 3A and all of the junior grades. You know, the Novice Juvenile and all that sort of stuff as well. So all of that will be captured on the Friday. Then on Saturday in New Zealand, we have our Grade 2, Grade 1 and our Street March competition. Now, one point of interest I would kind of point you towards is definitely check out the Street March competition. It's something that we don't do here in the UK, and I honestly think that we're missing a trick. I think that we should do this, because looking at the format of it and how it works, how it actually formulates part of the actual end result, it's really, really interesting. And some of the bands that compete in the Street March competition... They aren't playing standard street march stuff. You know, they're not playing 4-4, Scotland the Brave, Roundtree, you know, <laughs> even your standard 6-8. You know, these bands are thumping out some big blistering hornpipes and even reels and stuff. And some real intricate stuff. You know, big three-part harmonies. The drum scores are incredible. And it's on the march. It's on the move, you know. So playing tunes of this difficulty and playing them on the move is an art form in itself and some of these bands that compete in the street march competition are simply amazing so yes this weekend coming up is the new zealand nationals and i'm all sorts of excited for it so get along to brass bands and if you can go and show the support i think they will have a donation button where you can drop them a few quid as a thank you and seriously for us living internationally this is an impeccable service they have absolutely smashed it out of the gate Uh, with their live streaming game and i have to say 
This year, they hope to present it in 4K at 60 frames per second. Now, to us kind of tech geeks like me, that is incredible. And I can't wait to see it. (laughs) All sorts of excited. So there also will be... uh, Now, I'm quoting verbatim here. They will have informative and inspirational commentary. Hmm by the team of Tyler Fry and Liam Kernahan. Now, Liam Kernahan, we know, has been quite prolific in the bagpiping world, and so is Tyler Fry. Tyler, watching his commentary at the Nationals, I think it was it last year, the year before, something like that, was worth sitting up to four in the morning just to watch Tyler. He just seemed to get giddier and giddier as the competition went on. It was hysterical. It was the best crack. Uh, So, yeah, I really incredibly enjoyed the last live stream that Brass Band did. I think it was the Australian Nationals they done. Uh, It was the last one. So, yeah, the New Zealand Nationals coming up this weekend. And I'm all sorts of excited because I know for a fact that the standard is going to be stupidly high. So, yes, looking forward to that. So, like I said, tune in, brassband.com. If you can, drop them a few quid and, uh, yeah, say thank you for all of us living internationally. Uh, yeah, I'm dead excited to see this. Okay, I wanted to give a shout to Ian K. McDonald. Ian K. McDonald actually has, uh, yeah, he's kind of achieved some something quite awesome, actually. And I'm sure you guys may well have seen this. You may not have. Uh, he's actually the winner of the final round of the uh, Pipers and Pipe Band Society of Ontario professional knockout competition now there's been several rounds have of this has been held all the way through the autumn and the winter and ian k mcdonald has came out on top so congratulations to ian uh finishing second overall was uh sean McKeown, i think and third was brad davidson there you go so yes congratulations and this has been over a series of heats uh, so this yeah is obviously the final ver- final part of it so ian k mcdonald coming out on top so congratulations um, also speaking of competitions and winning things I have to say the, uh, was it the Pipe Band Schools competition the Scottish Schools Pipe Band Championships were held over the course of this past weekend and I have to say it was superb absolutely superb now whenever you consider that a lot of these schools are full of very young kids some of which may only have been playing for not even a year at some of them and yeah some of the standard was just ridiculously high uh, we'll talk about the results here as we as we should do so starting with the quartet winner was Melndrum academy and they they won the b quartet winner so congratulations uh winning their debut competition so this is the first time they actually hit the stage at the scottish school championships was the south ayrshire schools and they were Gervin youth pipe band yeah so there you go debut winner also uh congratulations to the junior a winner which was fetz college yeah i probably pronounced that wrong but there you go fetz college congratulations winning the junior a winning junior b went to gordonston congratulations junior b winner on to the novice b winner novice juvenile b went to st columbus school there you are not bad at all uh, novice a went to dollar academy quite convincingly so as well outstanding performance uh winning the juvenile grade then overall went to dollar academy as well so well done dollar not a bad weekend's work winning the freestyle competition was royal high school now the freestyle competition for me was where it was at i actually really enjoyed a lot of the video performances that they managed to live stream and record for us uh, so if you are interested go to pipe bands for schools on social media and you'll find all of the performances up there ourselves on the big rab show we've managed to share a good portion of them out so 
yeah, go and tune in and enjoy. There's a lot of great music actually played by these kids, and it's a testament, you know, to some of the tuition that they get. It's simply brilliant to see that piping and drumming is taught at a school level, and that these kids can compete at such high, you know, levels of musicality. It's it's fantastic to watch. So there you go, Grant. Now. One thing I wanted to bring on this week's podcast, and a number of you guys have already emailed in this question, and perhaps it will be a future topic of the week, but a number of you, of course, the number one topic of discussion in the news media right now is the coronavirus. Yes, corona. My corona. You know that rock song? Whatever. Uh, Yeah, the coronavirus. How will it affect the bagpiping world? Well, we're already seeing a knock-on effect of the coronavirus uh, having an effect on the piping world. I think there's been a few events in New Zealand, actually. I think there was a piping and drumming school that was supposed to happen, and that's been cancelled. And there has been a number of other competitions that are now currently considering their future. So, yeah, people have been asking events such as big major championships, such as the Europeans, the Scottish, the British, the UKs, and, of course, our world championships... Will they fall foul of the coronavirus? Um, Right now, the advice is business as usual. There's been zero plans at all by the association or by any of the organizers of these events to pull the plug. So it's all systems go at the moment. Now, we will keep you updated, of course, here as always, here in the Big Rab Show, if this coronavirus does have an impact in our piping world. Now, currently at the moment, we are seeing... Football matches and rugby games and stuff like that all being cancelled or played behind closed doors. We're actually hearing reports of players actually becoming infected with the coronavirus. We have politicians who are becoming infected with coronavirus. And it seems to be spreading at an exponential rate. Now, there's all sorts of scary news reported here nationally here in the UK each and every day. That would honestly put the fear of God in you. You would think, oh my God, the world is going to end tomorrow. And uh, yeah, people are panic buying bog roll and uh, hand sanitizer like it's going out of fashion. And you just wonder to yourself, why? Um, But, you know, I'm not a medical expert by any means. And I'm not telling you not to go out to buy hand sanitizer and, you know, 15 toilet rolls at a time. Um, If that's your thing, go and have fun. Um, but I think the advice for now, especially from the UK Health Authority, is that they're they're not going to containment just yet. I think that's where Italy is at the moment, and that's where China is now currently, where people are essentially put on lockdown, and you're not allowed to leave your house unless you're leaving for food supplies or you're going to work, and then you, that's it, straight home, under lock and key kind of thing. We don't have that here in the UK yet, and... Far be it from me to start talking about current affairs, but when current affairs actually have an impact on the piping world, I figure, you know, it is fair game. Because we do have a piping season just around the corner, just commence in the month of May. And a lot of those are big social events that draw big crowds from around the world. And this could have an international effect on our piping game. Especially when it comes to the worlds. Whenever we consider a lot of bands will be travelling from far reaches around the planet, all to come to Glasgow to play bagpipes. Will the coronavirus continue to get worse at an exponential rate to the point where we may have to call some of these events off? 
I don't know is the answer. A lot of you guys who are obviously making travel plans, booking hotels, all of that sort of stuff, the advice currently is to go ahead, continue. You know, the events themselves have not been cancelled. We have yet to hear communication to the contrary. So, yeah, all the work that you're doing in the band hall right now, continue. Because, you know, the events are still happening. There's still those trophies to win, guys. So, yeah, the advice right now is... Everything is as normal. Competitions will continue to run. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll just keep our ear to the ground. And, you know, eventually, if it does come to that and the UK does go into lockdown or quarantine or whatever way you want to call it, I think they're calling it self-isolation now. Uh, So, I I don't know. I don't fully understand the whole thing. But, um, yeah, especially here in Northern Ireland, we have had some confirmed cases. We have uh, quite a few in the Republic, actually, as well. I think just today there that we've uh, re- reported our first fatality from the coronavirus. Um, so this is not coronavirus report, but it does have an effect on the piping world because it is raising a level of interest. And PipesDrums.com actually put out a bit of an article recently uh, advising pipers and drummers how to keep their instrument. Yeah. Believe it or not, piping is not the most hygienic thing to do in the bagpiping world. As I discovered last night, as I was chatting to Andrew Shilladay and DJ McIntosh and the guys at the back room in the Big Rab Show, where Andrew Shilladay described to us that um, apparently it's common practice for pipe majors to just randomly lift a drone out of a stock and then lick the reed. Hmm. Now, whenever I heard about this licking reeds, carry on, I think, what are you doing, you disgusting bagpipers? But apparently, this is common practice. Now, I I don't honestly, I can't remember ever witnessing this, but apparently it is very common, where pipe majors would just lift, you know, uh, lift a drone out of a stock, lick a reed, and then stuff it back in again. Also, for dry hemp and stuff to try and, you know, help it seal better, they would take a drone out, give it a good old lick and a bit of a chew and all the rest, and then stuff it back in, (laughs) stuff it back into the stock again to try and make the hemp swell so it has a better airtight seal. Now, I've seen that happen. Now, mm, these are all kind of done on bagpipes that haven't been blown for about a week. So they haven't been played, so obviously they've sat and they've dried out. And as a result, mm, yeah, to, to try and add moisture back into the system, I suppose, the pipe major feels the need to lick the thing. Even though it may be covered in mould and mildew, and it could be possibly green or black in places. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, lovely behaviour. You bagpipers are gross. <laughs> But yes, pipesdrums.com have quite an interesting article actually on how to keep your instrument hygienic and what you should do at band practice actually, that you shouldn't actually share uh, blowpipes and everything, you shouldn't actually share an instrument that's blown by someone else, uh, you know, because obviously mouthpieces and that, because that's how the virus is kind of passed on, it's passed by droplets, Uh, so it's... mm, it's a pretty gross topic when all we're talking about is saliva and bodily fluids and viruses and blech. Um, if anything, RG Hardy are actually selling disinfectant sprays and things that you could use for your pipes to try and keep them hygienic to actually kill some of the bugs and stuff. So that's actually quite interesting, uh, some of these hygiene sprays. Uh, but I think just common 
common hygiene practices. Like, stop licking reeds. <laughs> I think you can get the same effect by introducing moisture to the system just by taking them and blowing them for 15, 20 minutes. You know, start getting some hot air circulating through those reeds. And before you know it, they'll start to moisten up again. You know what I mean? You don't need to pull them out and take a shortcut. and blah, 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 blah. Ugh, God, even the thought of it. Pipers are gross, man. Uh, so, yes, that, I think there is some common practice things that bagpipers can do to remain uh, hygienic. And there are certain behaviors and things around band practices and social occasions like that that you can protect yourself and protect others by just taking some general good hygiene. Uh, we've been reminded constantly here in the UK, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And it's always about washing hands and limiting touching your face as well. Uh, it's now common practice not to shake hands when greeting people. Which may come across as rude, uh, but whenever you explain yourself and say, you know, sorry, I can't shake your hand right now because of this whole virus thing. I might be carrying it and you might be carrying it and neither of us know kind of thing. And that, that's one of the things that's kind of kind of wick, kind of crap about this coronavirus is that you can't, you may not display symptoms up to 14 days. You can actually just ca- carry this virus around for the fun and then not display symptoms until about 14 days in, so I've heard. Uh, but there's so many different scare stories about this virus, you know, that you immediately develop ammonia or pneumonia. Ammonia is a disinfectant wrap. Uh, you <laughs> very quickly develop pneumonia and get very ill very quickly and go downhill rapidly. And some people just likening it to a common cold and say there's nothing wrong. Oh, sure, you'll fight it off and you'll be fine. So I don't know. So many media reports and all the rest and sensationalism as well plays a part of it. Uh, but yes, to answer all of your questions that we've received so far about the coronavirus and what will that have an effect on our bagpiping world, well the answer is yes, it will have an effect on our bagpiping world I am sure, but as to what that effect will have, that remains to be seen. At the moment, the RSPBA and any of the organising teams behind some of the big majors, none of them have come forward with any kind of a statement or anything like that to tell us that these events have been cancelled. So as far as we know, it's business as usual. So there you go. So on to another bit of bagpiping news. Now this past week, it was on the 10th of March, I think this was announced, that we were notified of the sad passing of Alex Dalzell. Now, Alex was an RSPBA chief steward. He was also part of the Lothian and Borders branch there in Scotland. And quite a lot of people, including Fife Police Pipe Bands and a lot of others around the bagpiping world from Scotland, had an outpouring of sympathy for Alex's family. Ourselves here in the Rab Show, we want to pass on our sincere condolences to all of Alex Dozell's family, friends, and of course everyone in Lothian Borders branch, and of course all of our stewards in the RSPBA who would have worked alongside Alex. He was very fondly thought of and um, yeah, had the time for everyone apparently. He was a very kind man and always had time to help anyone on the day of a competition. So he was well liked. So he will be sadly missed. So yeah, sincere condolences to all of the Dalzell family and to everyone connected to him. That's a sad loss. Okay. On to other news in the bagpiping world. All I seem to be doing at the moment is reporting people passing away, and it's so tragic. That's awful. <clears throat> Another bit of bagpiping news. The RSPBA 
uh, put out a bit of a news story reminding people that the closing date for the British Championships is the 8th of April. So not the 7th, not the 6th, but the 8th. So for all information, go to rspba.org and get your application forms in. Your entries and all of that need to be in by the 8th of April. There you go. You've been told, you've been warned. If you do fancy playing in the first major of the season, the British, then you need to get your entry forms in before the 8th of April. Okay, I want to say this week uh, a very special congratulations to Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck, the play, actually put it out on social media that uh, they won another award. Now, by now, I'm sure they're getting bored of winning prizes because they're winning loads of them. Uh, So, yeah, they actually put it out on social media saying that they are a multi-international award-winning play. Now, how cool is that? Uh, So they've now picked up the highly coveted Pick of the Fringe Award in Adelaide, Australia. So isn't that incredible? Now this sits alongside their theatre award that they won in Perth. So yeah, these guys are clearly absolutely knocking it out of the park down there in sunny Australia. So it's great to see that such a story about such a piping legend... Of course, the late Gordon Duncan is having a worldwide reception and winning prizes all over the place. So congratulations to the team at Thunderstruck. It's great to see you guys going from strength to strength. And we honestly cannot wait to see it whenever you guys come to Ireland. I think you had plans to come to Ireland. So, yeah, we really hope to catch up with you then. Okay, there was a little bit of an album teaser that dropped this past week. Xavier Bordeaux, of course, has a brand new album project that he will be releasing soon. We have no details yet as to when it will be out, but it's entitled Liam. Yeah. So, I don't know. Perhaps that's a word in French that I have no idea what it is. I've probably even pronounced it wrong. But yeah, Xavier Bordeaux has a new album coming out, and I'm a massive Xavier fan. I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, rest assured, whenever it drops, I will let you guys know when and where to get it. But, yeah, there is a bit of a teaser. It's up there now on the Rab Show Facebook page. We've shared it out. And it's ridiculous. So I'm looking forward to hearing the album, actually. So good stuff. Okay, the RSPBA Northern Ireland branch competition dates have been announced. Now, I think I might have mentioned this on last week's podcast, but we'll briefly run through them again. We have the 9th of May, which is in Bangor. We have the 16th of May in Inniskillen. We have the 30th of May, and this will be in Cookstown. The 6th of June will be held in Antrim. The 20th of June will be in Moira. The 4th of July will be in Dublin for the All-Irelands. The 8th of August then will be Ballymena for the Ulsters. Cracking venue, by the way. The 22nd of August then will be the Champion of Champions event then in Newcastle. And yes, you have guessed it, the big glaring omission is Portrush. And there's no competition in Portrush. And... uh, that had everyone talking on Fuse FM this past week, asking why, why, when, how. Uh, but essentially, the association are blaming the council, uh, saying that there was a bill from last year's competition that remains unpaid. And the council are blaming the association, saying that they didn't file their paperwork on time. So both of them are pointing fingers at each other, and it's difficult to know who exactly is to blame and where the truth lies. But either way, there's no competition coming to Portrush this year. Unless there is some sort of a last-minute effort to kind of rescue the whole thing, but it's looking currently that there will be no no Portrush competition this year, just to let you know. So there you go. 
that's our competition season here in Northern Ireland. I have to say congratulations actually to RSPBA Northern Ireland who really pulled it out of the bag this year. Last year they really struggled to try and get a competition season gathered together. They've struggled with negotiations with all sorts of district councils and all the rest. And we were waiting right up to the last second to find out where our first competition of the year was. And this year... We know well in advance. The announcement has been made and everyone has the dates on their calendar, kicking things off on the 9th of May in Bangor. So thank you, RSPBA Northern Ireland. Job well done. Believe it or not, I do congratulate you and give you CODIS and credit where credit is due. Well done, folks. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this incoming season. Um, RSPBA Northern Ireland Branch always throw good competitions. So looking forward to it, especially going to Balamina for the Ulsters. That'll be a real kicking competition. I can't wait for that. And the All-Irelands this year, the 75th All-Ireland Championships this year will be in Swords, just outside Dublin. So looking forward to that venue, actually. And I think um, St. Lawrence Atul this year are actually pegged as being celebrating their 110th anniversary. So, yeah, they're going to be celebrating their 110th birthday as well as attending the 75th All-Ireland Championship. So that's going to be all sorts of special. So looking forward to that. So, guys, with that in mind, that's it, really, I think, for everything. Just a couple of big rap show stories, really, uh, just to kind of update you on before we get into topic of the week. Now, on the 7th of March, we uploaded a video to our YouTube channel, which created a little bit of a buzz, if you haven't managed to catch this yet. It's a bit of a behind-the-scenes recap of what we got up to on our journey and our travels for Big Rab Show Live. So, yeah, remember that? Whenever G1 Reads presented Big Rab Show Live at Piping Live? It's hard to believe it's so long ago now. But yeah, looking back at the footage and things of us all traveling to get there, meeting people, hanging out backstage and then traveling home again. This is all the kind of behind the scenesy type stuff that ordinarily would never have seen the light of day. Well, now we've published it on our YouTube channel so you can go and check it out. And yeah, it has created a little bit of a buzz. I'm not going to lie. It has got a lot of people talking, asking, will the Big Rab Show return again to Piping Live 2020? Now, that remains to be seen. We need to demonstrate that there will be a demand for this, however. So if you guys would like to see the Big Rab Show live at Piping Live again, then you need to get in contact with ourselves and also get in contact with Piping Live Festival themselves. If you would like to see our show back again, then they need to know. They need to hear from you guys. If you enjoyed the show, if you'd like to see another one this incoming year, then definitely email them. You can contact them through their website, pipinglive.co.uk, and get in contact with them. Honestly, they are open to communication uh, from all piping fans. And if you have, you know, enjoyed anything from the Rab Show live last year, then definitely give them a buzz and say, hey, we want to see Rab back again on stage. And, you know, hopefully the onus might be them to lift the phone and say, right, we need to do this again. <laughs> or have they done that already? <laughs> Keeping that one close to my chest for now. But one such thing that I have really been keeping close to my chest is I'm sure you guys remember back in a previous Big Rab Show podcast, we got a voicemail from Stu Worthington. Yes, remember that from the British Drum Company? So Stu actually gave us an open invitation to attend the British Drum Co. factory. Get a bit of a factory tour, actually get a walk around and see how these guys put these magical drums together. 
Well, ourselves on The Big Grab Show, we have gracefully accepted. And next week, we will be attending the British Drum Co. factory in Stockport. So, all sorts of excited for that. And so, yeah, we'll be flying over there and hanging out with the guys at the British Drum Co. And hopefully, getting a good hands-on tour of the factory, seeing how the drums are put together from scratch. And do you know one thing that I really want to know? And And this is me being genuine now. I really want to know, are they as hands-on as they say they are? Because, you know, a lot of these companies say, oh, handmade and handmade and handmade. Um, I really want to see just how handmade these drums are. It's been my experience with, you know, factory tours for other products. Not drums, not pipes, nothing like that. I think, what was the Shoes, I think it was. I can't remember. Was it shoes? I can't remember now. I went on a different factory tour and they prided themselves on being handmade. And uh, I found that the handmade part of it was actually putting the product inside the box. And it had to be done by hand. The rest of it, it just gets spat out in the machine. You know, raw material went in one end and then burp, 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 burp. Out the other end came a product and you had to put it in the box. And that was the handmade portion of it. Uh, so, yeah, I really want to see how hands-on these guys are at the British Drum Company. Do they spend time actually lacquering the shelves, uh, the shells by hand? Do they sand them down? Do they get in there and, you know, with the power tools and start actually building these things, you know, sweat and grit and hand, you know what I mean? Time spent with the actual instrument is what I'm looking for. Um, rather than just pressing a button on a machine and watch it go and done. No, I want to see if there, you know, some actual hands-on craftsmanship with these. So that's what I'm interested in. And you guys too, I'm sure right now we are opening the doors to you guys. You guys listening to the Rab Show podcast right now, if you have any questions at all for the guys at the British Drum Company, then get in contact with us. We are keen to have your questions asked on the day because that's what we'll be doing we'll be taking our microphones and all of that to the factory i'm actually producing an episode of the podcast from the british drum co factory so we're looking forward to that and having the guys joining us there for a good old chat and um yeah we hope you guys have tons of questions anything that you want to ask the guys the british drum co um you know what bands will be playing your stuff and I don't know. There could be a plethora of different questions that you guys want to ask. Like, what kind of finishes can you do? Um, you know, I, I don't know. That's so many questions are buzzing into my head right now. You guys can email us in your thoughts. BigRabShow at gmail.com if you have any questions at all for the guys at the British Drum Company. Now is your opportunity. It's quite an exciting time. Uh, it's the first time that a new company like this has risen to the challenge of entering into the bagpiping world. And yeah, they're competing against some quite big guns here. You know, the guys at Premier clearly have been knocking out of the park for years. So is Andante and Pearl as well. So here we have a new upstart in the piping world. And um, yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts on it. Any questions that you have for these guys. Um, so yeah, email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com and you have precisely a week yeah this time next week actually we will be in stockport in the factory recording the episode so you have exactly a week to get your questions in for the british drum company so like i said there's no question off the table if you guys decide to ask the question what does Stu take on his bacon buddy is it red sauce or brown sauce then that's fine we'll ask that question and we also will ask the question what kind of coffee do they stock in their tea room and uh you know all these hard-hitting questions that the piping folk just need to know you know what i mean uh so yeah 
if you have any questions at all. For the guys at the British Drum Company, please do email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, as well as talking about the British Drum Company, future episode that's coming up, we're very excited about that. We've been planning that for quite a while. Um, we also have quite a lot of plans for our Patreon page. Now, a lot of content from the British Drum Company Factory Tour will be going specifically to Patreon. We have a lot of very Patreon-exclusive kind of material that will be hitting our Patreon page following the factory visit. So now has never been a better time to become part of the Patreon faithful. If you'd like to help support the show, you can do. Like I said, each and every week, just go to our Patreon page uh, and then just click support. And for, yeah, I think it's in your show notes. So that that's in the links in the show notes, folks. All you have to do is click support. And for five bucks a month, you get your hands on tons of extra piping content that would never see the light of day anywhere else. Not our YouTube channel, not our website, not our Fuse FM Bala Money Show. Tons of exclusive videos, interviews, even episodes of Big Rab Show Plus is up there. And yeah, we'll be bringing you tons of material from the British Drum Co. Factory Tour, which will just be for our Patreon subs. So there you go. Well worth considering signing up. It's never been a better time. So if you'd like to see behind the scenes at the British Drum Co., then sign up to Patreon. There you go. That's a little bit of a plug. Also, as I have to give a special shout to the guys at the Piper's Dojo. We always love to go and help and support those who support us. So go along, bigrabshow.com forward slash dojo. And for just one pound, one pound, one dollar, you can get to take 30 days worth of dojo premium. Now, this offer with dojo will not be lasting forever. So you have to take advantage of it now when it's still there. So like I said, one dollar. And you get 30 days of premium. It lifts the paywall off everything. And for $1, you get access to all your live lessons, your one-to-ones, all of your Facebook groups and your social media stuff and daily doses and all of that. So much material there on Piper's Dojo. Definitely worth checking out for $1 for 30 days. Ticket for a spin. See if you like it. And also, don't forget to check out Rhythm Monster. And if you're going to sign up with the guys at Rhythm Monster for drummers, you guys out there are not neglected too, uh, then yeah, if you're signing up for a monthly subscription or an annual subscription, don't forget to use our promo code BIGRABMONSTER and you could save money at the checkout just by listening to the podcast. That promo code again, BIGRABMONSTER. There you go. All right, guys. So... A lot of big news happened in the bagpiping world, but possibly the biggest news story from this past week has to be the very sad passing of a bagpiping legend. And, yeah, I think it's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. A1 Embroidery and Printing. Producing some merchandise for some of the top bands in the piping game, such as Phil Marshall Montgomery, St. Lawrence Atul, and ourselves, The Big Rab Show. For all of your embroidery and printing needs, they have some extremely high-quality garments, such as hats, beanies, t-shirts, hoodies, soft-shell jackets, you name it, they can print it. If your band is on the lookout for some exclusive merchandise offers, then contact them direct on their social media, A1 Embroidery and Printing. Check them out on Facebook. A1 Embroidery and Printing. If you can think it, they can print it. LoneStarPiper.com 
serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you with a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com LoneStarPiper.com Check them out. The British Drum Company is a young player in the drumming world that has established its reputation as a manufacturer of exceptional drum kits and it's now turning its attention to the bagpiping world. The world of pipe band drumming is represented by the Axial Range. Launched in August 2019 with innovative features developed alongside British Drum Co. International Marching Specialist Jim Kilpatrick, MBE. The stunning Axial Range was then selected by the Grade 1 Drum Corps of Glasgow Police Pipe Band for the 2020 season. British Drum Co. drums are all handmade, made by craftsmen in Stockport in the UK. The build quality and attention to every detail is second to none, contributing to British Drum Co.'s reputation as artisan makers of some of the finest drums available today. These drums are available only through approved British Drum Co. specialist dealers. For more information on all British Drum Co. products, please visit BritishDrumCo.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. The British Drum Company. Look amazing, sound amazing, feel amazing. Yes, indeed. It's time for Topic of the Week. And this week, it's a Topic of the Week that I never wanted to do, to be honest. Um. Well, the title of this week's episode kind of gives it away. Um, and I talked about it at the start of the episode as well. This week, I have to talk about the loss of a bagpiping legend here in Northern Ireland. Pipe Major Frank Andrews, Mr. Frank Andrews, Mr. Tone, or Big Frank. He had so many different nicknames. To list them all, I would be here all day. Uh, but from here on in... I think I'll just refer to him as Frank. There isn't anyone really in the Northern Irish piping scene who doesn't know who Frank Andrews is. He was quite literally a legendary figure where people kind of had heard about him until they finally met him and then all of those kind of rumours and all the chat and all, oh, that's really what he is like. That kind of thing. For those living internationally, it's really difficult to kind of describe the gravity of such a human it's it's kind of it's hard to describe frank andrews had such influence i think in the bagpiping world here in northern ireland with regards to sound tone even the pitch of chanders and even to the standard of playing of pipe bands here in northern ireland his influence on bands here in northern ireland has just known no bounds and there isn't a band playing in the competition circle today that hasn't been influenced by Frank in some way. And that's not a small feat by any means. And the piping world here in Northern Ireland owe a debt. And honestly, we are in a state of mourning 
at the moment. We have lost a piping legend here in Northern Ireland. And hopefully this week's podcast will kind of give you a little bit of an indication as to the gravity of it and why it is important and why everyone is all in a bit of a state of shock. First of all, I want to give you a little bit of history about Frank. At age 11 years old, he started piping with McNeil's Town Pipe Band, joining them in 1957. He then took up the pipe major role in 1969, and then the band eventually found its way into competition in 1972. So shortly after Frank took up the PM role, they started in competition. Frank led McNeil's Town Pipe Band all the way from the entry grades right the way up to the top flight, lifting many championships along the way, including some of the big ones. I think if I was to start listing his achievements in the piping world, I would be here reading hashtag lists all day long. I think, first and foremost, Frank had an uncanny ability for his ear. Frank was able to tune and set a band to a certain pitch and tone without the use of gadgetry and was able to make it look effortless. That's one of the things that kind of drew him, I suppose, to be Richard Parks, a pipe major Richard Parks' right-hand man. Reading the statement that Field Marshal Montgomery put out over their social media, um, it's, yeah, it's, it is kind of heartbreaking because Richard Parks doesn't really talk much, but when he does, he makes it count. And pipe major Richard Parks simply said, Frank was a legend of our art. Now, Frank Andrews, to kind of put it in perspective, why is he such an important figure? Well, when everyone listens to Field Marshal, at any point in their career from late 80s, early 90s, through the noughties, even through now to the 10s and now into the 20s, Frank Andrews was a linchpin of that Field Marshal Montgomery sound. Frank Andrews, one of his nicknames was Mr. Tone. And simply simply put, Frank was responsible in the raising of the level of pitch in the chanters played by bands here in Northern Ireland. He was maybe not solely responsible, but he certainly helped a lot of the bands keep up with the current trend. When bands were struggling with archaic chanters and all the rest and could not get them to rise and pitch, Frank was at the spearhead of that. And he certainly helped countless amounts of bands get a grip on their sound game. And it used to be said, I remember it being said actually, especially in the late 90s, how Northern Irish bands seemed to have a big full tone in comparison to some bands that would have flew in from international climbs. Even from bands in Scotland as well, you could always tell the difference between a Northern Irish band and a Scottish band at that time because for some reason... All the Northern Irish guys seemed to have a little bit of a richer tone about them. And that was basically down to Frank Andrews. Frank had such a way about him, he was kind of affectionately known as a gentle giant. Where he's a big guy, but is so <laughs> timid about himself, he almost felt bad asking a piper to, you know, stop playing a minute, let me fix that. You know, Frank would always wait until the tune had finished and then he would have went over. Granted, in his later years, 
as he was, you know, helping the guys at FM and all the rest and the other bands throughout all the various different grades, uh, perhaps that decorum kind of melted away a little bit. And he could have said, God, that that's shocking. Give me that chanter. You know, and <laughs> yeah, he wasn't quite as gentle as he used to be. But uh, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to describe is that Frank was pretty much a linchpin in the sound game here in Northern Ireland. And the the problem was is that he made it look absolutely effortless. He'd done it without gadgets. Yes, I think he did carry a meter, but I very rarely seen him use it. I, I, I actually can count on one hand how many times Frank had used a meter over his ear. Frank had an uncanny gift and a unique gift, I would say, to be able to tune a band impeccably just by using his ear. Now, on one occasion, this was quite a few years ago, I was standing watching Field Marshal Montgomery in the Tuning Park. This was before a major, and Richard was clearly bothered by something. Richard was on one side of the band, frantically tuning away, and Alistair Dumb's on the other side of the band, frantically tuning as well. With Frank walking around the band, doing his usual, hands in the pockets, and every now and again, reaching up, tuning a little bit of a drone, and then having a little walk, and then reaching up, tuning a little bit of a drone, and then walking around, just doing what he did. And then suddenly, you know, it was usual Field Marshal fare. You know, the guys were playing, big blistering tune, everything sounded incredible to me. But then suddenly, Frank stopped walking. He stopped dead in his tracks, and just suddenly looked directly over at Richard. And Richard Park's done the same. Richard Parks was actually, he, he was holding the guy's chander, putting tape on it. And he put the chander down and just looked direct at Frank. And the pair of them, without saying a word, knew exactly what each other was thinking. And the pair of them went to two separate pipers and fixed different problems. And there were problems I didn't hear. Now this was around the time that Field Marshal had upwards of 20 plus pipers. And to be able to pick out a sound discrepancy with with that many players, that's difficult in itself for us spectators and judges. But it was something that Frank had heard. And he went straight over to that player and then he kind of directed Richard with his eyes, go to that guy. And the pair of them didn't speak. And they had like an unwritten language. <laughs> it was very strange. Very strange. But um, that was all... You know, Richard and Frank both had unspoken language between the two of them. And it has been recorded, and I've had Richard on the show before, who had spoke glowingly about Frank and his influence on Field Marshal and just how Field Marshal get their sound, and Richard made no bones about it and said that the guy who has helped greatly is Frank Andrews. So whenever we talk about the loss of a piping legend... We cannot neglect, obviously, his piping accolades and all the prizes and things that he's won, and of which there are far too many. He was extremely successful with McNeil's Town Pipe Band and putting a stamp on Northern Ireland ground in some of the big major championships that ordinarily would never have seen the light of day for an ordinary Irish band. So Frank was a bit of a trailblazer in the piping world with McNeil's Town. He was also a trailblazer when it came to setting sound and actually raising the pitch of chanters around band halls around the country. Now, we're talking 
from road bands, service bands, all the way up to the top flight. And even on the day of a competition, even last year, this is a memory from last year, I remember him standing with the guys at Brookshane and District. Now, Brookshane and District, I think at that time, were in competition. And we're just about to go on the circle. And Frank said, nah, nah, how long? And he stopped them. Tuned a couple of drones. And there you go, on you go. Now, Frank didn't have to do that. And quite that was Frank quite frequently. He would have lent a hand to even, you know, the bands in the lower grades. And he would just, you know, be walking past or something and say, oh, here, do you need a wee hand with that? You know, here, you know, I'm not being cheeky, but, you know, if you want, I can lend a hand and maybe have a run around the drones for you. And it's up to the pipe major. They could say, yes, we want the help of the legendary Frank Andrews. Or they can say, nah, it's okay, I've got it. And Frank would say, fair enough. So, so yeah, he was always very keen to lend a hand and to teach, I think, as well. Pipe majors would have relied quite heavily on Frank's knowledge and experience and asked him tons of questions. Well, how do you do this? You know, well, you know, how do you get this tone? Do you know what I mean? So, for years, we've been calling it field marshal tone. I have always been calling it kind of Frank tone. Do you know what I mean? And it, he is nicknamed Mister Tone for a reason. So, whenever we report the sad loss of Mr. Frank Andrews, it's truly tragic and will have a huge impact on the piping world. Uh, None more so on the bands such as McNeilstown, who very clearly will be mourning the loss of uh, one of their own. And Frank always had time for every member of McNeilstown band and was incredibly involved in the tuition and all of that kind of things of new members. McNeilstown is still relatively a young band at the moment, you know, with a lot of young players in there. A lot of them would have been learning and playing with Frank Andrews, which is kind of invaluable. That's like saying nowadays that you used to play in a band with Gordon Duncan. And I'm not overselling that by any means. So, yeah, so for a lot of the guys in McNeilstown, they will be mourning a very sad loss. But also for the guys at Field Marshal Montgomery, who, believe it or not, had a massive connection with Frank. Frank obviously was a large part of their tuning machine. In fact, I think he was in charge of it. And maybe that could be stuff that Rab got wrong. Um, but yes, essentially, that big Field Marshal tone came from Mr. Tone. So this incoming year for Field Marshal Montgomery, I'm sure, will be a difficult year, not because of the tuning and all of that, but because they're mourning the loss of a friend. Frank was a massive part of Field Marshal. He may never have actually played in the competition circle with them. I don't think he did. Um, But he was certainly a large part of their backroom team. And all fingers point to Frank whenever it comes to where does Field Marshal's sound come from I think I did ask Richard that question on the Big Rab show on Fuse, on our Fuse FM show and Richard said that Frank played a large part of it so it will be a very sad loss now on Fuse FM Battle Money just last night actually just when I'm recording this um, I threw it open to the listeners of the show to send us in any stories, any anecdotes that they have of Frank Andrews. And one such listener, Mr. Jim Williamson, hello Jim, actually sent us in quite a, a heartwarming story, I think, about Frank Andrews. So I figured I would read it here on the podcast. 
Hi, Rob. My son, Jack, spent the summer of 2012 in Northern Ireland playing with Blearian District in Grade 2. Their first year back on the grass in a few years. He was only 15, and I didn't want to miss my son's first Worlds, so I flew over to Glasgow. On Friday of Worlds Week, Jack insisted that we go to Kelvin Grove Park to listen to the Field Marshal. He had been fortunate to sit in on a couple of Field Marshal practices during the season, and he said that I needed to hear them up close. Once they were tuned and lined up to march in their MSR, Jack turned to me and said, Listen, magic's about to happen. Two three-paced rolls later, and the sound hit me like a jet taking off. CDs, downloads, simply don't do Field Marshal justice. I was speechless, and I'm never speechless. Jack pointed out a big man walking around the circle, tuning drones. He told me that man was called Frank, and that he was a very nice man, and he was in charge of the band's drones. Jack also explained that he was given a lot of credit for helping create that powerful, unique Field Marshal sound. Of course, that impressed me. A few minutes passed and Jack said, Look, when he tuned the drones, his hand covers the entire top section. The guy's got hands like shovels, he said. (laughs) I never had the chance to meet him, but I'm glad Jack did. Even over here across the Atlantic, I'm getting a sense of how much Frank meant to the piping scene in Northern Ireland and Scotland. I want to extend my sincerest condolences to his family, to his friends, and to the broad extended piping families of Phil Marshall and McNeilstown and beyond. Jim Williamson. Thank you, Jim. And yes, Frank did have hands like shovels. <laughs> he was a big guy. Um, but yeah, honestly, you couldn't have described it better. Uh, for those of you out there, obviously, who hear Phil Marshall live and in person each and every time you go to a competition, you kind of you don't lose that wow factor. But it's hard to describe. You do kind of. That's just Field Marshal. You, you get hit with it between the eyes so many times that you just get used to getting hit between the eyes. Do you know what I mean? Like, boom, okay, that's Field Marshal. Bang, oh, that's Field Marshal. So you get used to it. You know, I, I suppose I've become a bit complacent with it now over the years. You know, I've just got used to that's Field Marshal's tone and that's what it is. So, yeah, I suppose to hear that first-hand account of hearing them in person... You know, like that for the first time, I can appreciate that, you know. And yes, I'm not overselling it. No, I'm not being melodramatic and out of everything. For those of you who have heard Phil Marshall firsthand in person, then yeah, you you can't disagree that they do have a huge sound. Moving on, I got a couple of stories actually from a good close friend of uh, Frank Andrews, actually, uh, Mr. Chris Pollock. He said, Hi, Rab. Uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit of a story. Uh, so let me see what I'm going on here. I said, so Frank was doing his thing. Frank was doing his thing, tuning Field Marshal drones at some contest or other. He thinks it was a major. He mentioned to someone that the battery in the tuner was almost done and asked if they could go and get a new one. So off they went. Anyway, by the time they came back, because they had to go into the... T- <laughs> Because they had to go into town to get a battery, Field Marshal had already played. The drones were immaculate, as always, without the replacement battery. They reached the tuner. They reached for the tuner, they opened it up to change the battery, and mm, there was no battery in there to replace. 
Frank had tuned the entire band by ear. And, to top it all, they won that day. (laughs) And this kind of just pays testament to what I was saying earlier. Frank had this unique gift. Uh, You know, in his head, he had this ear. And that's something... He may well have carried a tuner. He may well have carried a meter. You know, some people call it a meter or a tuner. But I'd very rarely seen him use it. And he had this uncanny ability to be able to tune by ear, just by listening. And um, they were always pitch perfect. And it was almost scary. He made it look so easy that if anyone else tried to do it like Frank, they would make a complete dog's dinner of it. Frank just... And he he wasn't light with these things. You know, he screwed the crap out of some of these bagpipes, wrenching them. And then, you know, he would, I don't know, he got toned just out of nowhere. And it was really, really interesting to watch his process because there didn't seem to be a process. You know, other people were there with meters and they're measuring frequencies and, oh, you know, the height and the temperature and the humidity. And Frank just went over there and wrenched with the thing until it started to sound good. So, I, I don't know. He didn't really seem to have a process. His ear was his tool of trade and it was honed to perfection. So that was a really cool story, Chris. Thanks. He also goes on to say another story. I said, I've just remembered this one. He said, many years ago, when bands still stayed in bed and breakfasts, and yeah, for the majors, that uh, his dad and himself were out for dinner on a Friday night uh, with Tom Buchanan and a couple of other of the monkeys, which is... <laughs> <laughs> the monkeys, we'll just refer you to the monkeys. Monkstown Mosley, pipe bomb. Uh, so they went to some Chinese or other restaurant for dinner that evening. They were sat on a table by the window, and uh, we had only just got to the table when who danders up the street but Big Frank with a couple of the McNeilstown guys. They'd just come out of another Chinese across the street, having enjoyed their own meal. Seeing Dad, Frank broke off from the group and came in to say hello. There was a spare seat on the table, so he sat down to have a chat. As he was doing so, a waitress came over and started asking to take their order. She worked her way around the table, coming to Big Frank last, who, without any hesitation, or even looking at the menu, he ordered another meal. (laughs) He said the crack around that table that night was mighty. So, yeah, Frank helped himself to two Chinese's that night. (laughs) Uh, Such was the legend of the man. Now, yeah, so so many great stories, heartwarming stories like that, of so many people, you know, who Frank would have took the time of day to go and talk to. You know, regardless of who you played for, who you were, who you were with, Frank kind of always made himself, you know, he made a point to go and talk to people. And that was one of the biggest things that I got coming across from some of the stories that were shared is that Frank Andrews took the time to help me tune for the solos, or Frank seen that I was struggling on the day of a wet competition in Enniskillen and offered to help me tune. My band went on and won that day. A lot of stuff like that. A lot of, you know, kind of anecdotal kind of things that Frank helped people. And that's kind of one of the biggest things that I've noticed is that he kind of imparted his knowledge far and wide. As part, you know, he kind of helped everyone that he could do. In the bagpiping world. You know, and as much as we are involved in a competitive game and we're constantly trying to outdo each other and find an edge to beat our opponents, Frank actually helped his opponents. (laughs) 
I, I remember it vividly. He was, I, th- I can't remember what grade it was. Possibly grade two. I can't remember now, but I think Frank was competing in the same grade and he tuned every other band in that same grade. He tuned his own band. Once they finished, then he went to the final tuning area and helped everyone else coming through. Now, it, yeah, it, it was kind of amazing to watch. And that happened on more than one occasion, I might add. So, in recent years, um, ourselves in the Big Rab Show, obviously, we've been live streaming competitions and such, and we've been attending every event. And when we go there, we always wear Rab Show hoodies and stuff like that. So you can easily identify us, you can pick us out and say, Hey, Rab, hey, give us a Rab Show selfie and all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? And also, when we're standing in an arena, and if we're wearing a Rab Show hoodie, then you know, if you want to have a conversation about last night's dinner, then perhaps take your conversation around to the other side of the arena, rather than standing next to the big Rab Show guy. So, yeah, this past couple of seasons, actually, we've been frequently running into Frank and his wife, Sally, and... Yeah, basically, we shared a picnic or two with them. Uh, those guys would uh, come to competitions and have those foldable deck chairs. And quite frequently, you would see both of them sitting together in their foldable deck chairs, having a sandwich and a mug of tea. And you know, guy, you, you know me, guys. I cannot turn down a cup of tea. So quite frequently, Sally would say to me, Rob, are you busy today? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just on my way to the arena here. You time for a cup of tea? Said, of course I do. Of course I do. So the amount of times I've sat with them both and just had cups of tea and just sat blethering about bands and who Frank was interested in listening to and, you know, how's FM doing this weather and what about McNeilstown, you know, how are you guys going? and Just literally having a conversation and just hanging out, drinking tea and watching the competition world go by. And honestly, it's some very fond memories. Myself being in competitive piping, I remember Frank helping out, out in quite a lot of the bands that I played in and helping set their sound and stuff. So, you know, Frank was kind of instrumental in a lot of different bands' success. And, uh, yeah, honestly, I can't put across the gravity of such a man um, and how much of an influence he's had on the bagpiping world here in Northern Ireland, as well as the piping world in general. I think when it comes to the sound game, everyone for the longest time would have possibly looked to Field Marshall's pipe core to try and emulate that sound. And that sound started with Frank Andrews. Ourselves here in the Big Rab Show, a lot of us had personal connections with Frank and a lot of us will miss him dearly. When the competition season starts this year in May and we hit the grass and Frank's not there, it's going to be a very different feeling i feel to everyone who's reached out to ourselves here in the big rab show and all the outpouring of grief and stories and you know messages of support and condolences to all the family friends bandsmates all of that it's just it's been incredible to see the bagpiping world that has been fragmented for so long and all of this stuff to do with the RSPBA redevelopment and all the financial implications and all the things about judging and, oh, we're not doing this well enough and they could do better. and rah, rah, rah. All this fighting. A big event like this, you know, such a tragic event as this, really puts things in perspective. 
Frank was never one to get involved in pipe band politics. He never really had an opinion whenever it came to RSPBA headquarters and all of this kind of stuff. He was never interested. He, he didn't really care about it. What Frank cared about was the music and the people playing it. And he wanted more people playing it. And anything Frank could do to encourage people to play it and play it better and to have perfect pitch. That's what he was about. Ourselves in the Rab Show, we really want to send our sincerest condolences to all of Frank's family, his friends, of course, his bandmates there in McNeilstown, and the Field Marshal Montgomery, of course. And it's going to be quite an odd time here in Northern Ireland piping scene for a while until people come to terms with the news. And... I don't think, honestly, we're going to come to terms with it anytime soon. It's going to be, honestly, it is a huge loss to the piping world. And I know people sometimes think I'm melodramatic on here. And sometimes I can get on my soapbox and I'll rab shut up. Well, this time around, I honestly don't think that I'm overselling it. I do think that this has the same gravity as the passing of a piping legend such as the likes of Gordon Duncan. <coughs> Frank had a huge influence on the piping scene here in Northern Ireland and will be very sorely missed. So from all of us here in the Rab Show, I figured yeah, we have to close off this week's episode. But before we do, I wanted to remind you about a couple of things just before we go out the door. Uh, don't forget, you could send us in your questions for the British Drum Co. factory visit. Yeah, that has to come in to us. So you can email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Get your questions for the British Drum Co. guys, and we'll happily ask them from all of them. And also, don't forget that this weekend is the RSPBA AGM. Yes, the annual general meeting. So any fallout from this meeting this incoming weekend, uh, yes, we will let you know uh, what the crack is and if there is any rule changes or any kind of anything at all. Right now, I I just can't see it far enough. I honestly... hmm. You know, it seemed to be I've been waiting for the AGM now for months to get answers. And now it just doesn't seem that important. <laughs> just doesn't. I think I've I've lost a mate. Everyone's all lost a bit of a piping legend. And a lot of us have lost a friend too. And this week's podcast has been a struggle. It hasn't been easy. Last week's Fuse or last night's Fuse FM show was possibly one of the toughest shows I've ever had to do on Fuse. Reading out some of the heartbreaking text messages that were coming in from people on the piping scene in Northern Ireland, it was it was kind of awesome in a way to see the outpouring from people of support and love and everything. But it was also heartbreaking as well. So it was possibly one of the hardest shows I've ever had to do as a radio guy. This week on BBC Radio Ulster, uh, I will be paying tribute to the loss of a piping legend. Um, And for that to hit the BBC tells you just how nationally important a man Mr. Frank Andrews is. So, guys, I'm going to play some music here before I end this week's show. And before I go... I normally say all the best, and I'll see you all next week, and all of that kind of usual stuff, and I do it in my happy, jovial way. But uh, the way I want to end this week's episode, really, is I want to pay tribute to the man that the piping world here in Northern Ireland has lost, and um, 
Yeah, we're all better to have known him. Um, but yeah, we're all the worst to have been left behind. So, to Frank Andrews' family, to all his friends, bandmates, and all the rest, our sincerest condolences. And ourselves here in the Rab Show, of course, will continue. We'll get back to normal service next week. <clears throat> well, we've been jumping about off the walls and stuff, and I'm talking all about the AGM and blah, 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 and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but for now, we're in quiet reflection. So this week, I dedicate this episode to the loss of a piping legend. It'll be sorely missed. Pipe Major Frank Andrews. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Reads, played by bands around the world, including our current world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com for all of your merch and to be kept up to date with all the news, views and chat throughout the week. Also, check us out on Patreon and become some of the Patreon faithful for loads of extra content for just $5 a month. Until next time, guys, thanks for checking out the Rab Show podcast, and we'll see you all next week. All the best. <laughs>